Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about weather, because it's been kind of crazy lately, and I was going to talk about weather anxiety anyway, because I see that a lot in my practice, and there are people who talk about it in our private Facebook group, which, by the way, if you're not a part of, I will leave a link below because it's a great Facebook group, and I feel like I say that every single episode. But if I do, and you're sitting there listening to this, and you're like, I'm not in that, then you should be, because it's a great place. Anyway, weather anxiety is a big deal. It's a big issue. But with all the craziness that's been going on lately with all these hurricanes, it's a bigger issue because it's triggering a lot of anxious kids. So even if your child didn't have weather anxiety, they probably do now. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. That's horrible. But it's just so much in the news and it's everywhere that an anxious mind is definitely going to take that and file it away. So in this episode, I want to talk to you about one, just a little bit about what you can do related to the current events going on in our world related to weather. But that's not the bulk of this podcast. The bulk of it really is to talk to you just about general weather anxiety. So let's talk about Harvey and Irma first, because they're like the big problems in this world. I think there's a couple of things to focus on, and this is not for the kids necessarily who are in the path of like major destruction, because that is a completely different podcast on how to handle things that are very traumatic with anxious kids. And that's not what this is about. But if you're somewhat in the area of the storm, or you're going to be, you want to focus on safety plans and how people keep other people safe by notifications, being able to forecast where storms are going to be, you know, focus and highlight on the prevention aspect of it, you know, that we know that's coming here. And so we can evacuate and we can go somewhere safe and wait until the storm is done. And then we can come back. So you also want to keep your anxious kids away from the news. I am a very big proponent of that and not to cocoon kids and have them live in a bubble. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you have a really young child, they don't have to see CNN or Fox News or any news broadcasts on scary weather. Be really aware of that because their little mind is already overwhelmed with all of their own information. You really don't want to be adding to it. So if you have an older child and you can't really protect them from what they see on the news, then you want to process that with them. And so you want to talk about focusing on the prevention part of what people are doing to keep other people safe. And then you also want to highlight what kindness and generosity is is happening in the world. I always talk about that in general. When there's any kind of crisis, whether it's natural disasters or whether it's terrorism-related, and that'll be for a different podcast as far as when bad things happen in our world that are man-made, but it's always really good to focus on the great, amazing people that come out of the woodwork to help others. And you can find uplifting articles about people helping other people and just make sure that it's not graphic as far as what they have to do to help. All right. Well, that being said, 
for those that don't live in the areas that are being affected, which is a big chunk of the world and of our country, what does help also is to put it in perspective because anxious kids and kids in general, they see things only from their own perspective and they're very egocentric and that's developmentally appropriate. But if something bad is happening and it is on the other side of the world and they're just picking up on it through people talking and through the news, they're going to think that it can happen to them because it can happen in their backyard. They're not going to realize, okay, that happened 4,000 miles away and it happened in one little town and the likelihood of that happening in our town is very small. So that's how I talk when we talk about like terrorism and other things like that. But as far as weather as well, you know, get out a map and not the one with like a big, scary red circle (laughs) on all of the Eastern states, but get a general map out and just show them where you live versus where the storm is or, you know, how many states are safe compared to how many states are going to be impacted. So it's just about highlighting perspective, but that's not really what I want to talk about today. I just felt like that kind of deserved some attention. I want to talk about general weather anxiety. And so I'd have to say there's like top five anxieties that I see with children in my practice. And I think that's probably, I could probably generalize and say with most kids, since I've been seeing kids for like a zillion years. So weather is way up there in one of the top five that kids tend to worry about. I actually have a list of the most common worries broken down by age. And I'll link that to my website that has this podcast and I'll link it also in my show notes. So you can see if you're just curious, huh, I wonder what the most common worries and anxieties are per age. It's kind of interesting. So how are you supposed to help your kids with weather fears? I've kind of dodged a pretty big bullet because my kids, because I have three anxious ones, I feel like every theme is going to hit at least one of my kids. But luckily, we've been able to dodge the weather one because I live in sunny Arizona. (laughs) So besides scorpions, there's not a lot of weather things that tend to upset my kids. Well, having said that, we have pretty nasty storms. So... I think I've just done a lot of talking to them about weather. And so weather is really not one of their themes. They definitely don't like thunder. And we get these really intense monsoon seasons where we have some really intense thunderstorms, but they're very quick. And so they tend to come in and they tend to come out. We have dust storms as well, but that's pretty much it in Arizona. Now, having said that, my son, my middle child, you know, he went through a period where we would drive and he would ask if every mountain was a volcano. Is that a volcano? Is that a volcano? And we had to talk about that a lot. And whenever we travel, he wants to know, is that a place that has tornadoes? Will there be earthquakes there? Do they have earthquakes there? (laughs) So I know it's definitely a theme, but it's not debilitating. And there are kids that I work with, even in my practice in Arizona, that are very debilitated. I've worked with kids where they can't come to my office and they can't have a therapy session if it's raining out or if it starts to get cloudy because storms move in here in Arizona, they, they move in really, really quickly. So you're having like this great sunny day. And then all of a sudden these incredibly dark threatening clouds come in and then you have like raining and flood and then it's gone within like two hours. It's a very weird state. (laughs) So, um, 
I do have kids where they're okay in therapy. And then all of a sudden they notice the clouds and then I kind of lose them because they're like, is it going to rain or how am I going to get back home? And they start to go into panic mode. So how can you help kids who are having those kind of fears? Well, let's talk about a few things. So in general, I am a very big proponent of teaching kids to face their fears. It is the number one most effective thing in treating anxiety and OCD. A lot of times we recognize that in OCD, you know, we talk about exposure response prevention, ERP, which is the number one way to help kids move through their OCD. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to some of my other podcasts because I talk a lot about that. But even for anxiety, exposure response prevention or ERP is incredibly effective. And so you want to get into the mindset with your child. Whenever they have a fear, you want to think, how can you trigger their fear in small, easy, bite-sized steps and slowly acclimate them to their fear? So it's kind of called like habituation. So it's a fancy name for get them used to it. Let them jump into the pool. So if you have a child who is afraid of swimming, you don't teach them to avoid swimming for the rest of their lives. You teach them water safety. You teach them how to get into the water. You teach them how to float. You teach them survival skills. And eventually they're not afraid of the water. You have to look at every anxiety and every phobia the same way. Because if you team up with your child's anxiety and you teach them how to avoid or inadvertently the whole family learns to avoid, then your child's anxiety will only grow bigger and it could be debilitating throughout their life. So I'll give you an example that's unrelated to weather, and then we'll get into my little ideas on weather. So my daughter, well, let me, let me see how, how to talk about this. So my son has more OCD tendencies. So he's got food issues. So with him, we do exposure exercises, which I call challenges. And if you've taken my parenting class on how to parent a child with OCD, you know what I'm talking about. So you set up challenges and then you get them to slowly move through them. So with my son, he has food challenges. So he has to eat certain things in order to win a prize, to take a challenge. And that's exposure for his OCD. But you can do that with anxiety as well. So my daughter, my littlest, she has major panic about bugs. And I'm not talking about like, I don't like bugs. (laughs) I'm sure you don't like bugs. I mean, nobody likes bugs, but periodically she will have an anxiety theme where she really gets freaked out. I think I've talked about this before. I don't remember in what podcast or might've been a YouTube video. I do YouTube videos as well. So if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, you should, because it normally I cover a lot of different things than what I talk about on my podcast. Um, But she recently, well, not recently, I would say in the last few months started to develop a new thing where she was afraid when she was in the bathtub that when she pulled the drain up to drain the water, that bugs were going to come out of the drain and be in her bath. And I don't know if biting was part of it. It was just the idea that bugs were going to come out of the drain. So one, she didn't want her water filled all the way up. That became kind of a weird sign. And then two, she would like jump out of the bathtub and she would refuse to pull the drain. So it took a little while for me to figure out what the problem was. But eventually I was like, what is the deal? And I finally got to the point where she told me, you know, I'm afraid bugs are going to pop out of the drain. So the way that I would deal with that phobia or that fear 
and this is going to sound totally weird to you. So you're going to be like, what, Natasha, you're a weird mom. Somebody go help that girl. But trust me, it helps. So eventually we're going to do challenges and we're just setting this up now. So this is just happening in my family. This is what's going on over here. But my garage is such a lovely place because it's full of dead bugs. <laughs> we're very clean people, but my, you know, we live in the desert and bugs are looking for a reprieve and our garage is nice and shady. So um, I found a big juicy dead cricket and she's agreed that she will take a challenge where she will take a bath and I'll put this dead cricket in her bath on purpose. We're going to build up to that though. So first she's probably going to hold the cricket in a bag and then I might have the cricket in her hand and then eventually in her bath. So, and I might put it at the very end of the bath and this really just depends on her stress level. So I look at her stress from one to 10, 10 being the most and one being the least. And I want to make sure that it's five or lower. So that's just a basic idea of how you do some ERP for anxiety. She doesn't have OCD, but that's going to really help her get over her bug thing. You can do the same exact thing for weather, but you just have to get a little bit more creative because weather is a tricky one to set up challenges with. So let me give you some ideas and then you can see what you think. So up next, I'm going to talk to you about different approaches that you can do to empower your child to face their fears with weather. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay, welcome back. So for starters, we want to expose our kids to weather of all sorts. So I would say start off with, if you haven't done this already, educating your child. Education is so key. And I do this with all fears and phobias that come into my office and into my own house. So like with my daughter, who's afraid of bugs, we talk about how most bugs are not harmful. They're gross, but they're not harmful. When kids come and talk about bad guys, I talk about how bad guys typically break in in the middle of the day. They don't want to meet you. They don't want to abduct you. That's not common. They just want your TV. So I normalize a lot of the anxiety and I educate kids on the true dangers versus the, the perceived danger. I do downplay the danger, but I don't sugarcoat it 100%. So a little bit of reality, but not like the nitty gritty. And you want to do the same thing with weather. So talk to your child about why we need weather, why rain is a great thing, how lightning happens, how thunder happens, how tornadoes happen. I would say don't really go into things that they're not already currently concerned with, but I think focusing on the highlights of why weather changes and why it's a good thing can be uplifting and empowering get weather books, read weather books, not the scary ones, <laughs> but the good ones, because you want to expand their understanding of weather in a positive way. Don't watch the weather channel. Don't watch scary weather shows. I think that goes without saying, but you know, you never know. I do have parents where they're like, Oh, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Also, you want to teach them how to read weather. So that's helpful too, because a lot of times kids want some control and so teach them about thunder and lightning. Teach them that when they see lightning and they can start counting, for every five seconds, it's a mile away. 
And that can help kind of reduce some anxiety if the lightning is happening far away or something to even focus on when they're getting scared. That can help. So education is really key. I'm sure there's tons of weather books that are positive. Do all of that. That's important. The next step I would say is focus on safety behavior. I spent a lot of time talking to my kids, even though weather is not their number one debilitating issue, but when it does pop up, we talk a lot about safety behavior. So my son did go through a period. He probably still has this, but he has so many other issues. And this is not like the main issue where he's worried that the lightning is going to strike the house. So we talk a lot about how, you know, lightning wants to strike really tall buildings. And there's so many other tall things around us other than our house. And I talk about how the house is safe. You know, just talk in global terms. The house is safe. As long as we're in the house, we're okay. Um, I talk to my kids about how the car is safe. The car has tires and we're safe in the car. So you want to, and we're not talking about major storms like hurricanes, obviously, and the doom and gloom, because anxious kids really can't handle that. They really need the reassurance and not to sugarcoat things, but you want to highlight the positive things that we have shelter. You know, we are safe in our house. So I would focus on those areas and talk about like the safest places in the house if they need that. But overall with my kids, just having them understand that our house is safe definitely makes them feel better. Then you can talk about how many storms and how many different weather situations happen all the time where nothing bad happens. And then you want to watch your own behavior, how you model things. And so, you know, if the power goes out because there's a a storm, make it fun and cool or talk to your kids and say, look, we're really planned. Look at this drawer full of um, candles or look at this drawer full of flashlights. That would be really fun. We can have like a, a special party if the lights go out. I know that sounds kind of stupid, <laughs> but really how you frame things and how you react can help or hurt the situation. It didn't create the situation probably unless you have like a major phobia of weather yourself and your kids can tell, but it can definitely help. And if you're afraid to drive in weather and you convey that to your kids, I mean, that kind of stuff won't help, but you can set the tone for how you perceive weather and that can really rub off on your kids. For example, I was driving home the other day with my kids. It was dark and there was major lightning going on in the sky. And I was like, oh my gosh, look how beautiful that is. And And then they were excited and they were like, oh, look at that one. And I said, it's like the 4th of July in the sky. It's beautiful. Wow. That's, that's so pretty. And it really was pretty. I mean, like we're doing really crazy designs in the sky. We get some pretty intense lightning. So, but because I was calm and I was looking at it, like it was beautiful. My kids started to emulate that as well. And they were like, it is pretty. Oh, mom, did you see that one? And it was like, we were watching fireworks instead of watching lightning. So How you talk to your kids can definitely help. Okay, some other really weird ideas. So with my kids, when it would rain and not like scary thunder and lightning kind of rain, but when it would storm and I felt like it was safe, I would let them go have rain parties outside. So you can do that too, because what you want to do is slowly have your child associate rain with a positive experience. So you can go and buy like really cute galoshes or rain jackets. I would buy my kids. They have their own umbrellas. So they have like their little mini umbrellas 
And they would get really excited because they were only allowed to use any of that if it rained. And in the summer, I would let them get their bathing suits on in the rain. And we have a really muddy backyard. (laughs) I have to work on my backyard, but it's a desert. So we don't have a lot of plants out there. And we don't have any grass. Maybe one day we'll get grass. But like when you live in the desert, like to have grass, like a little patch of grass is crazy annoying because you have to maintain it. And it's really hard to keep anything alive when it's 118 degrees out. But anyway, so it's pretty muddy out there. And it's the one time where I'll let my kids go and get really muddy. And so when it's raining, they get really excited because they'll say, can we go play out in the rain? You know, and obviously if your kid has um, an anxiety around weather, they're not going to be gung ho like that. I get that. Trust me. I'm not stupid. (laughs) So you're going to have to build up to that. And that might take some time. So maybe they get to wear all their rain gear inside. And maybe if they're older, that's stupid. And they're not going to care about that. But you can do an activity when it's storming. That's only for when it's storming. And so what you're doing is you're just, you're rewiring the brain to associate a positive experience with the weather instead of a negative experience. So right now they see, they hear thunder, they see lightning, they feel panic, their adrenaline starts to pump, the cortisol starts to pump, and it's a negative experience. And what you want to do is you want to change that association. So they hear thunder and lightning and they think, of something positive. So even if it's not related to weather, like with my kids, they get excited because they get to go play outside in the mud and act like pigs. But at your house, it might be, it's movie night. We do special popcorn and we do movies or we do pizza or we do ice cream whenever it storms. So you're basically rewiring the association and you're, it's like Pavlovian. You're doing something positive when something is happening, something neutral or negative like weather. And your, your child will eventually have a positive res- response to it. Another thing that you can do is mimic storms in your house. I know that sounds really weird, but if you think back to exposure therapy and the approach that I was telling you, you want to slowly expose your child to experience bad weather. And so for some kids, that might mean you can buy a strobe light, especially if they don't have seizures. <laughs> don't do that if they have seizures. And you can get like a closet or a dark room and you can have storm parties on purpose. So you can buy tracks. I I love iTunes because when I'm doing exposure therapy in my office, I can find sounds for anything. I I have found throw up sounds. I found all sorts of sounds that trigger people's anxiety and they have thunder. Trust me. So go to iTunes. You can find thunder. Type in thunder sound effects and you'll find storms and have a storm party. Make it fun. Do it in the house. Um, Don't do it when it really is storming out because you want to start with baby steps and do that periodically. Do you want to have a storm party? And so what you're doing again is you're, you're rewiring their association with something fun and positive. So have storm cupcakes, do a storm. I know it's all about food with me. (laughs) It kind of is. I'm sorry. That's how I think, but it doesn't have to be cupcakes, whatever. You guys can be healthy, but mimic a storm and do something fun. And that will help as well. So in general, I just want you to look out at providing your child with reassurance, educating them on the positive aspects of the weather, model for them excitement when it rains, make comments like, I love it when it rains. It's so cozy. We can curl up and watch a movie or, oh, you know what? The plants really needed this rain. It has been a long time since the plants were fed and they are like, thank 
mean? Do things like that. That will help have storm parties, make them really fun and do them in your house. Eventually move them outside if it's safe and have special galoshes and umbrellas that your children can only use when it's raining. When you do all of that stuff, slowly you will make progress. So you may not be able to have your child laugh and have a party outside in the mud, in the rain, but you can do it in your home. So start off with small steps and build. Don't be complacent and just let your child be afraid of something for the rest of their life. Always teach them to face their fears because anxiety will grow and it will find other things for them to be worried about. But if they constantly crush every fear, every phobia, then anxiety really won't be able to get a really tight grip on your child and they will have a healthier, happier life. And isn't that what it's all about? Don't you wish that Well, maybe you don't, but I wish that somebody had done that for me when I was a kid. And then I wouldn't have to been like in my forties being like, gosh, now I have to deal with all these anxieties and try to get rid of them. That's like annoying. So do your kid a solid and teach them how to fight their fears early. That's not forcing them. It's a balance. They are the ones that call the shots, but at least help them and be empowered and help them learn how to fight their anxiety. So I hope that helps. If you have a topic that you're like, gosh, Natasha, when will you start talking about blah, blah, blah? Well, then I'm not psychic. Send me an email. You can reach me at anxioustoddlers at yahoo.com or go to my website at anxioustoddlers.com. Wait a minute. I feel like I just said that. You can email me at anxioustoddlers at yahoo.com. I'm not sure if I said that. <laughs> or go to my website at anxioustoddlers.com and go to the contact button and you will find me there. While you're there, you can go to the bottom and hit the Facebook group button so that you can talk to me in the Facebook group as well. Or check out my YouTube video or check out my classes on anxiety and OCD. My OCD class just opened. Tons of you signed up for it and I'm already getting some feedback that it's being super helpful to some of you. So uh, if you haven't done that and you're wanting to get some additional personal help then go sign up for my classes. I want to thank a couple of people for leaving some very, very nice reviews. I really appreciate it. The kind words are awesome and they definitely help motivate me and also other families find the right podcast for them that will be helpful for them. So if you have a moment, you can just hit a star on iTunes and rate it. It will take you literally two seconds. Or if you're feeling really giving, you can leave a review and tell me and other people how this is benefiting you. That helps the entire world. <laughs> well, not the entire world, but a small portion of the world, including me. So I appreciate it. I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And until next time, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com. 